Hi everyone, you're listening to Campus Connect at UBC, a podcast dedicated to inspiring conversations with passionate people at UBC. I'm Marion with my fellow connector, Richika, here to talk with the brightest minds on campus. Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast. Today we are here with Lincoln and I'm joined by, this is Rashika and... Marion. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hello. So, Lincoln, would you be able to introduce yourself? Uh, I'm Lincoln. I go to UBC. I'm from Ontario. I'm going into my third year. Um, and, yeah, I just want to share what my experiences have been and hopefully improve life for other people um, and hearing what I have to say. Great. Awesome. So what have you been studying in your third year? What major are you in? Um, I'm a history major with a soci sociology minor. Um, I, I really like doing the research and writing as compared to like studying for a lot of tests. Um, yeah, I find it interesting. I, I've always just kind of had a personal interest just like in people. Like I think people are so complicated and I like learning about um, whether it's people in history or people today. Yeah, I like that actually. Yeah, that's that's actually why I wanted to do this podcast is because I think people are just so much more interesting and complex than what we see, mm -hmm. and maybe with this podcast we can like kind of like deep into um, the true self. I would say. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, a lot of people want to believe that like other people know exactly who they are and. I think it's important for people to recognize that like nobody really has it truly all figured out, especially right now. Yeah. Um, my the biggest message that I would say is like personal growth. And that seems kind of undefined, but hopefully we can like get into that here today, what that means. So I sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, out of my own curiosity, how did you figure out what major and minor you were gonna gonna do? Um Through high school, like, I always kind of had an interest in the arts. Um, and I, my philosophy coming into university was I was going to take things that sounded interesting and see what I really liked and what I wanted to stick with. I think the history faculty at UBC, like, it's really good. Like, I've had a lot of really great profs. Um, and for my schedule as an athlete, they've been really accommodating, too. That was a big aspect of it. But mostly, like, I always felt like the projects and the papers were really interesting, and I actually, like, enjoyed doing them. Like, even though the work, like, they're, you know, it's a lot of reading, and, um, you know, when you're actually writing a paper, you have to put a lot of time into it. But I found, like, as compared to the other things that I was doing in school, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's, like, m mentally stimulating for me. Great. And what do you want to do afterwards? Do you know? I don't, I don't have much of it. Like, I kind of have some, like, general ideas. Like, some of my friends um, that are a bit older, they're in the MMA program at Solder. And um, my understanding is you don't need a specific undergrad to get into that. Um, so I'm thinking I might want to do that. But, like, really, I think... I think the people... My parents always taught me that, like, when you're in university, like, you might go in with a plan, but a lot of times those plans change. And, like, I think like, for me, it's kind of like a wall of not being able to see, like, I can't really see what's going to, my life is going to be like after, like, I don't know, 25, 26 years old. Like, there's really no way for me to tell. Yeah. So I, I kind of, like, respect that I can't know and just, like, hope that I can continue to figure out as I go. You know, I think that's what it's time for. I think that's just life in general, right? Like yeah. it's just like you come to university with a big plan. I had, I was the same. I had my the next ten years of my life planned, and then nothing went as I wanted to. And I think that's just life, and we just learn from from all of it, from just and develop some very like strong adaptability skills and all that. Mm -hmm. And because yeah, it's just life. You never really know what's gonna happen. Yeah, like I'm, I'm going into my third year now, and. It's funny, I really thought by the time, like I'm about to turn 21, I really thought by this period I would have so much more figured out. And I do have some things more figured out, like I have a pretty, a more like 
aware of who I am right now and like who I'm trying to be, but like I still kind of feel like that, you know, kid that's just working his way through first year without much of a plan. And I think a lot of people say that, but it's like, it doesn't really truly resonate. Like, man, like I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing sometimes. <laughs> I think nobody really does. They're, they're just like some people are really good at pretending they do, but yeah. like nobody, even adults, like, or they don't really know what they're doing, right? Yeah. They just, they're just, some are really just really good at pretending they do, but, and yeah, I think, it, yeah, exactly. And I think it's just like growth. I think he's just coming to terms with the fact that you don't really know what you're doing all of the time and life is kind of very messy, but it's kind of like going, going with it, I think. Yeah. It's, time is a weird thing. Like it keeps moving, right? It just keeps yeah. going ahead and it's terrifying. We're in it, right? We're just in it and it just keeps moving. All we can do is try to adjust. Exactly. Like, I want to ask you guys though, like, when you guys started doing these podcasts and, and having these sort of conversations with students, like, what is, did it, did it, did it teach you anything about yourself for your growth? Yeah. Okay. Um, so personally, I think I've learned a lot just because a lot of people can do one thing and they act a certain way in society, but they're not exactly feeling that way just because someone seems confident they're not confident in all of those things and I think I learned a lot about myself as well along the way just because I realized you don't have to on the topic of not having things figured out you don't have to have things figured out and it's okay to make mistakes and learn from them I'm personally like a really big perfectionist like I want everything to be perfect but I learned to make mistakes along the way and that's something I've learned how did you how did you uh, learn to figure out how to deal with things when they weren't perfect when they weren't the way you wanted them to be like what were what were some ways that you dealt with that um i think finding support has helped i think a lot of the times i used to rely on myself and nobody else mm-hmm. so finding support making friends and that is useful and i think through the podcast, I've learned to talk more openly to people. So that's also something we want to accomplish with the podcast. And Marion, who's here to help with that too now. So that's yeah, because I just I just arrived. Like it's just it's one it's my my first podcast actually. So yeah. <laughs> also you mentioned that you've been learning about yourself in the three years at UPC. What have you learned about yourself, Lincoln? Oh boy. Um, well, I thought, I thought coming in that I really wanted to kind of, I guess I had a a picture of what university was going to be like in my head. And like, I thought, you know, like, oh, I'm going to have a lot of fun, like partying and I'm going to try to meet as many people as possible. But then like, you kind of you kind of think that because it's what you've been told to think but like for me i was always like okay well like not like for example like now this is this is where i live like i live by myself like i always i learned like man like i really need like time to myself like after i'm with people to like decompress and uh kind of take in what i've like learned and like really think about things and that wasn't something i knew about myself coming in um i realized that I'm not, I'm not satisfied just kind of doing nothing. Like, I, like I was always I had, like was diagnosed with ADHD when I was a kid, and I never really took in what that meant. But like, I, I feel like every day I have to like do something. I have to go out of my way to get something done. Um, and like, there, there's times where that's a tough task. Like, you gotta realize like, what? Okay, what am I trying to do right now? And like, there's things that are like right there in front of you. I and mean, then there's things that like, you really have to kind of, again, like sit back and think about like, what, what am I trying to do here? I don't know, those, those are kind of vague, but I think that's like the initial thing. And do you think it changed a lot since like everything, since the world fell apart and COVID and all that and classes being online, do you think those um, introspect changed or like, what have you learned about yourself lately? Well, I mean, I hadn't spent a lot of time at home since I was about 16. I had like moved out when I was 16 
went to a school in a different city. Um, so like it kind of was like a good opportunity for me to like go home and spend time with my family. And um, that was that was really interesting. I wasn't sure how I was going to go. Um, and it was kind of intimidating. So like, but like when I was there, like I really kind of, it was like, a, it was almost like a break that was needed. I didn't know I needed mm -hmm. it, you know? And, and like with all that time, you're just kind of like sitting there like, okay, now there's all this time. Okay, I'm somebody that wants to do stuff. And I was like, okay, well, this is like the perfect opportunity for me to like look at what I have accomplished and what I want to accomplish and like really just kind of sit and have like these introspective moments. But it just gave me more opportunity to do that. Like life is so go, 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 you know? Yeah. It's like it was an opportunity to pause for a little bit. Yeah. That's and great look around and realize yeah. what you want and stuff. Yeah. Talk to my brother and my mom and my dad and uh, you know, and those are the people that know you the best. And I think mm -hmm. like when you get to university, like you're away from that. like for the people that move away, like you're away from them. And then it and kind of like you rely on them, but not the same when you were a teenager. And like yeah. you know, I back I went back and I realized like, oh, like these people know me better than anybody really, you know. And it, it seems like a weird thought to have, but like, you know, I realized that again. Yeah, it is true actually that you rely on, like, I feel like the more you grow up, the more you realize that your parents are individual human beings. I don't yeah. know. I've always seen my parents are just like my parents. So they were supposed to be there mm -hmm. for me and, like, and all of it. But I see them more as complex human beings with different emotions and feelings. And I think when I was a kid, I was not seeing them like that, that way. But now I see them more as equals to me with the same amount of emotions and feelings and just yeah, complex human beings as well. Which is why, yeah, like I rely on them differently as well. Yeah, and they're like, like they're like a lot of times I like look at my dad. I'm like, oh, like he's just me, but like 30 years from now, <laughs> you know, what I mean? like it's he went through a lot of the same experiences that I'm having now. So like he does relate to me in that way. But like he also like has just gone through it. And like, like when you're a little kid, you just see them in the moment that they're in. You know, and you don't really think about like what, who were they before, like yeah. who, 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 like with anybody with their parent, who is that, who is that person before they met the person that like they're with or the person that they had like a kid with, like. And everything we know. Yeah, exactly. And everything we know about our parents is what they agree to tell us, but exactly our lives start with them, and we have yeah, we absolutely have no idea who they were, and they can yeah. Mm -hmm. what, did, what did you guys do during the pause of life? Did you guys figure anything? Did you want to start with you? Um, I think something I've learned is that life is really short. Mm. Um, I kind of regret not taking the chances I should have, but I think that's something I've learned. Like, I should take chances and I'm going to do that once quarantine ends. But whatever I want to do, I shouldn't be stopped. I shouldn't stop myself from doing it. It's something I've learned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think, because, you know, when when school and stuff, it's just always, it's like the hustle. We'll never, ever stop. Like, it's just always working and studying and all that. And I think during quarantine, I actually paused, look at my life and what I want my life to be and actively work towards my goals. And I think sometimes it's really hard to see what's ahead because we're just so like I am I'm just so focused on like surviving the week for the point and all that and not mm -hmm. really thinking of like long-term goals and I think that allowed me to actually plan out but also like we talked about it's probably not gonna work uh, as well like as I planned it but I guess yeah just reset a bit reset everything and reset the goals yeah mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess another thing is finding out what relationships are important to you and what they really mean to you. Like not finding out what connections are important to you and who you value. So I guess on that note, like, is there anybody you've realized, how have you been keeping in touch with your connections? Like it can be hard, especially online. Yeah. 
Yeah, when when I was at home, well, when I was at home, I was like almost every person that I was like talking to, especially at the beginning, was through my phone, and that was something that I was like really didn't like. I I didn't really enjoy it that much. Like I, I think that face to face communication, like even now, like when you're with somebody, like a lot of times, like if it's not completely engaging you'll be on your phone, you know, and, and it's kind of like the water faucet in a sink. Like, it's like you turn it on, you can go on your phone pretty much as much as you want, like regularly. But then when I was in quarantine, like just kind of locked in a house with my family, it was like, okay, this is like the only form of communication the way I have of like talking to people. So that was, that was something that was like, was challenging and it was kind of frustrating and i felt like and i felt like I, I understood that everybody was going through the same kind of thing but it didn't really because like i'm not seeing them there's no way for me to actually know that it's just kind of like i'm just seeing the people posting what they put out there and it's like everything's very selective and what they decide to say and do publicly so like you know i talk i talked to my my friends here and you know people that in university and during this time there's not it's not really the same and so like this doesn't really answer your question i realize but <laughs> it's okay i i realize like i i really want to try to kind of embrace the humanity without the kind of distraction of phone with people like that's one that's another big realization that I had. Like when I have the opportunity again, when I have wanna like embrace human contact more because it's something that's slowly like fading away. You know, and we think we're so connected. But like how many times like I challenge anybody who's listening to this, if you ever if a bar is open near you or whenever they do open, Go to a bar and see how many people are supposedly looks like they're with their friends, but they're really just on their phone. And the only time they're having a good time is when they're on camera. Like, why, why, why fake it? You know, like, I don't want to be the person that fakes it. I want to legitimately try to enjoy myself and when I'm not enjoying myself, not be afraid of that and not try to fake it even more. You know, you know what I'm saying? You guys, you guys notice that as well. Like when you yeah. go, if you ever go to a bar, like you're out with a group of people, like there's inevitably some people there that just like live through that image that's on their phone. Yeah, absolutely. I've also noticed that some people, for example, you feel like it's in a group and they just take so many pictures and Snapchats or whatever and like post them online. And then like they kind of like fake to have fun and be like, oh yeah, we're so happy to be together and everything. And then the minute the camera is off, they just go back on their phone and don't talk to each other. <laughs> and I always find that very, very odd. Even just the concept of recording like daily lives and the life and moments and stuff and just posting it. I always find that very odd because I do understand to like keep it to yourself and keep those moments to yourself, but then to show it to the world, I don't know. Maybe because I'm too private, but yeah. The concept of privacy has changed a lot. Yeah. And it's kind of like before it was like a, a given expectation. And now it's like something that we can adjust. Like we, we give as much as we want to. And a lot of times it's like, we don't have much of a choice in it. And like, that's, a, that's another thing, like being around my parents, like that was something that they didn't really have. Like there, there were no cell phones in the university. Like the experience has changed a lot. And like everybody now, there's an image that everybody has. Like there's like the digital you and there's like the real you that you are with your parents. Do you, do you guys think that the digital you is too prominent now? Like, are people too worried about their digital you compared to the real you? I think so. Um, a lot of people recently, it's really hard to like meet people, especially before COVID. Before COVID, it was really hard to meet people anyway, just because when, wherever you went, people were on their phones. Like, you, you wouldn't want to talk to them. 
if it was an event, orientation, or whatever, if they're on their phones, they seem closed off. You don't really want to talk to them, but they will post as if they're like really interested in talking to people on their social media, I guess. So it's that like split personality thing. Like people will be like not will be closed off to people in person, but really open to people online. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I guess notice that. I found it really annoying. Yeah, actually, that's very true. You think it's going to change more, like in younger generations, even than us? I think it's going to get worse, especially now that we kind of jumped into this new, like, technology revolution with COVID and stuff. We're kind of forced to use um, technology so much more now than ever. So I think it's like it's yeah. It's I don't think it's ever going to stop or ever going to go back to the way it was. What do you guys think the next um, thing is? Yeah, I I don't know the answer, but I'm just curious. Um, Based off my younger brother, I feel like instead of actual hangouts, there will be virtual hangouts. Yeah. But the way of them having fun will be them beating some video game or something. I really genuinely cannot tell you. Yeah, yeah. I I have a I have a friend who he wants me to um, go on the video game like with him and other guys in our friend group, but I'm just not good at the game at all. So I'll just be constantly going with these guys, just like are having fun, and I just feel like I'm like an intruder on the, the <laughs> guys, you know. And yeah. that kind of sucks because like he's far away, like he's down in the states, and I don't I don't really get the chance to see him. I wish I, I wish I could be better at these video games. <laughs> but you can just train yourself. Yes, train yourself. Like Mary said. <laughs> but that shouldn't be a reason, like, why you can't hang out with your friend and have fun, right? Like, a video game it should not deduce how much fun you have. But it does now. It does, yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah. I almost feel like sometimes the technology kind of changes too fast for us to like it it seems like it goes slow but then like you look back and you're like like just since like 2012 like how many kind of big social media sites have we gone through like it almost changes so much that like people can't really adjust to it maybe that's just me getting older (laughs) you're not old 21 is not old (laughs) i mean you're right didn't TikTok come out, like, I don't know, last year? And it's already, like, one of the main ones. Like, you really can't... Last talk. year? That I was, like, six months ago. I, I don't know. I would not know. But there's an example of what Lincoln means, I guess. Yeah, but... <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm out of touch. But I kind of did it to myself. I didn't really want to. <laughs> well, yeah, if it's willingly, like... Makes it okay. Yeah. Um, that's not a bad thing, though. Hmm? I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing to want to stay in touch in person rather than virtually. Yeah. I, at the start of uh, second semester, I went the I went the whole or not sorry, second year for me, but the start of it, I went whole the first entire term without being on any social media. Wow. No, but it's not it's not something to like clap for, I don't think. <laughs> I, I just wanted to see what it was like. Yeah. I, I encourage people to try it. And how was it? Tell me yeah. about it. How was it? Once it wasn't like so prominent, like it was once I was like used to it, it didn't feel like anything. And it was also like I didn't I didn't really tell people I was going off. So it was another way to see like who who were the people that like I mm. wanna like surround myself with. Like who's gonna text me when they realize, oh, like there's no, there's no more Snapchat, you know, like he's not, he's not on Snapchat anymore. Like who's going to like go out of their way to reach out to me. I think it's a good thing to do. And, and like, it's kind of a artificial way to find out who's real or not, but you know, it's just what it was. What did you learn from that out of curiosity? What did you learn from that? Um, just kind of the same thing that we're talking about. I, I wanted to be in the real world more and i didn't want to like get lost in things that weren't necessarily real like it's not like it seems real and it seems important but it's not like if, if you get off it, it just all of a sudden it just isn't important anymore 
Yeah. No. We give it importance, but it's not actually that important if we have the ability or power to just turn it off. Yeah. Yeah. I've said this to a few of my friends, but like today, now, the way we are with our phones, like my phone's right here, like it's beside me, like we're never without it. But like we literally fit the definition of a cyborg because we have this technology with us all the time and have constant access to it. And like it's gone that far where um, like it's a complete reliance on phones. And I feel like I'm hating on them a lot. <laughs> I'm not really, I'm not really mentioning the positives. Um, and I mean, I'm also like, I'm on it a lot too. But it's just, I just think it's interesting how much it's part of our lives now, what it does for us. Anyway. <laughs> no, that's very relevant. I mean, I didn't get a phone until I think my last year of high school, like two months before I graduated. That was when I got a phone. And I felt so disconnected for all of my high school years, like when I wasn't at school. Mm-hmm. But I was really glad I did that because you kind of like make friends better. And when I went to all these school trips, I made a lot of friends like randomly at events. So I found that fun. But no, there are a lot of, like you said, there are a lot of negatives, but some positives to sell. Were you, were you like upset that you didn't have a phone like before? Like when you're like, oh, like I'm, I, all my friends have one. Yeah. I that- think in grade eight and grade nine, I was like a little, like I was upset a little bit in like at one point just because my friends were my friends kept bugging me. They were like, oh, how come you don't have a phone? If you don't have a phone, you should at least get Facebook or Instagram. I didn't have those either. Mm-hmm. So they kept bugging me. And Marion knows this, but I refuse to have anything but Facebook. I still refuse. And Facebook, I only got because UBC, a UBC club forced me to. <laughs> but um, I think they, I, only, I was only upset because my friends kept bugging me. And eventually I made friends who didn't care what I really had. They called my home phone number worst case yeah. really needed help. But I think at some point you realize like what's important through that. So I think that has helped me figure out my life a little bit better. I don't know. Elon Musk for uh it's the guy who like runs Tesla. Everybody knows that, but he's uh he's working on a thing called Neuralink. So it's basically a computer that like gets basically shoved into your brain and like has oh, little metal things that like go all the way through. It's like a a, a, compu- a machine like does the surgery. So like now like the main goal is like they want to like people for example that have like had strokes and stuff like they want to be able to like restore vision and people who have like their brain can't reach that part of their body. But I mean anybody can see that it's a pretty slippery slope. And, yeah, yeah. Like sci-fi stuff now. I don't <laughs> like how fast these things move. Yeah. Our lives are going to be a novel soon enough, but... Oh, definitely. Yeah. And people have novels about them already. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> um, what about, okay, so just changing the subject a little bit here. Uh, what are you guys studying at UBC and like what year are you and all that? Cause I told you about mine, but you guys didn't. <laughs> yeah. Mary, do you want to go first? Okay, sure. Um, so I'm studying political science and um, JSJ, so it's social justice. And I'm entering my, th- my third year at UBC. Yeah, and I'm entering my second year and I'm studying integrated sciences in science. <gasps> Wait, oh no, I- never. You got, got it. it. Yeah, because it was Friday, right? Yay! You got it. Congratulations. That's so great. <laughs> like two days ago. I'm so sorry. But yes, that's what I was studying. So yeah. What drew you guys to those programs? Sorry? Why, why'd you guys go into those programs? Uh, uh, science and science and political science and I guess, okay, well, I have this big thing when I people ask me what I want to do with my life, and I say that I want to change the world and help people, mm-hmm. and I figured that doing political science and social justice could would be, like, the best program to help me do that, it, or, like, put me in the right path, I would say, 
So, or give, I would say give me the tools to manage what I want to do or figure out what I want to do later on. So, yeah. And also because I just love political science in general. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Integrated sciences, it's something where you can create your own degree, kind of. You choose what you do. And that's something I want to do, like, even in the future. Like, I want to choose what I do. I want to, like, make my own path. So I guess that's what led me to that. And also, it's really, I like smaller classes just because I get to know more people. So they, there's only like 70 people in each year for integrated sciences. So I think that was like really exciting for me too. What's the coolest thing you learned this past year? <laughs> um, Marion, do you want to go first? Oh no, gosh, <laughs> the cool thing. <laughs> the thing is with political science is that we learn about the world and the world is just so bleak right now. So it's kind of, especially in social justice as well, like it's, it can be very, very depressing, I would say. But what have I learned? Lincoln, do you want to go first? Cool thing that I learned. <laughs> yeah, I kind of asked that without having the thing <laughs> uh, prepared. Um, you didn't think we'd turn it around. Nah, yeah, I thought of that as I was asking. <laughs> um, well, I was in a class called History of the History of Capitalism. Oh wow! Um, and I thought it was interesting to hear kind of like the developments that society has had like for the last like thousand years. The main idea of the course is like we think it started with like Europe like Western society, but um, just hearing about uh, like how it kind of started in like uh, different places like India and Africa and um, like South, Southeast Asia and like how like it was essentially the Portuguese just kind of latching onto it. But I like that sort of stuff. Just, you know, hearing about how um, like, like capitalism is like our entire, like it's such a big part of our society and our culture now. And like, we can't really picture another system without it. Um, and, you know, it's like very global and kind of in your face. Like this is the only way, especially like, you know, now with not a lot of socialist slash communist countries around. Um, so yeah, just hearing the development and how basically it was just the dude with the bigger gun won. That's what capitalism is. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I think that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel that like the early, the early parts of school, like there's some different interesting things that you learn, but there's also a lot of it is like covering the groundwork almost for like the rest of your degree. So, like once you get to the upper level stuff, then, um, then that's when you really get to like the cool stuff, like the stuff oh, that yeah. you learn. You know? like, Honestly, I wouldn't know, but that's a relief to hear. <laughs> no, it's true. Like when I came to university, it felt like I was just relearning everything from zero kind of. Mm-hmm. in history in every subject but now it's so much more specific and I'm honestly really enjoying it this this is a random question that just popped into my head but for kids that are coming into UBC like they've been accepted or, or any university really you think that like with everything being online like obviously the first year experience is going to be different do you think that they should still do it even if they're not here or do you think like that um like taking a year or just like letting things settle so that it kind of comes back to I guess real university like what would you recommend first year students to come come to the online classes and not really have the true you know totem park vanier orchard first year experience I think I think I would have taken a year off if I was them but because it's so much less engaging and for example, I am not able to tell you what I've learned when everything went online, like end of March and doing exams and stuff. I'm just not 
be able to recall what we've done because it was so not engaging and because just reading slides of a computer and just coming to them with the fact that this is my education right now is just not it's kind of pressing and I think for the first year the first year, first year when it's like the first thing you learn about university and it's slides on your computer it really mm. sucks but yeah. I mean I know not everybody has the opportunity to take a year off so I would tell the first years if you must uh, take online classes try to make the best out of it but always but it's it's going to be challenging I think mm. I think one of the crucial things of first year is making friends and that's going to be hard for them. I really hope they like go to events and like UBC tries to like do that and profs like make sure like there are group more. I know people hate group projects, but I think there should be more group projects during this time just mm -hmm. because how else are we supposed to meet people? But I don't know. What do you think? Lincoln? Yeah, I think people should definitely wait i think that so much of the first and this has been said before um this is not a new opinion but so much of the first year happens out of the classroom mm -hmm. um, and like all the challenges and triumphs that come with that um i think yeah so if you have the opportunity to take a year off whether it's just work or any of that and kind of let it um just let it wait so you can get everything you want from it. Uh, take that opportunity. But at the same time, sometimes you just want to get it started and, you know, get the classes done. Yeah. At least they will have like three more years that hopefully will be in person. So it's three more years to actually have the university experience that everybody deserves. But we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Thank we'll you. see. Yeah. Even in Europe, everything is online and stuff, so. It could be that this is just the way things are now, but yeah. I think we're s such habit-driven creatures that eventually it'll just kind of go back to the way things were. Like, some things might be diff forever different, but most, I think most things, like, people will settle back into the kind of establishment. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Let's be hopeful. I think it's also important to also say, like, although the time right now, it, it seems like it's really, really bad and um, there's a lot of negative things going on. Like, you know, I think it's also important to, like, recognize that this... Drop my pen, sorry. <laughs> the, the time that we're living in right now, it is... Like, that time in human history to be alive like for so many different things and like COVID is like challenging and there's a lot of kind of um, rapid change going on but if you compare it to even 70 years ago where we are now and where we were it's so much better like um, and I think a lot we can get caught up in the negative a lot and that can be kind of overwhelming. And, you know, life isn't what we want it to be right now. Um, but like, there's no, like, the last century was like almost entirely made up of just like kind of constant war. And, you know, that, and that, those things are still happening, but on a much smaller scale. I think it's just important we find the positive, no matter how small that yeah. is. I agree. Always try to see the positive in every situation, whether it's a pandemic or anything. Mm -hmm. I, read, I read a book. Um, that was all but an idea that the author brought up was like whenever we're having negative thoughts or like our interpretation of the moment is really negative, we should find something that's just really positive in our life and just focus on that and let that fill our mind and it's really difficult to do like it's not something that you can just kind of sit with and all of a sudden it happens and it takes practice um so i think especially now for a lot of people like just setting that goal like when they're in a negative kind of thought cycle 
to focus on something positive and kind of latch on to that. It's really important for our growth and like our development through this time. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah, actually, if you could like find the name of the book, I would love to read it because I can argue more as well. It's well, I'm not sure if this is the book. I'm not sure. If this is the book right now. We get to see a black Marion. <laughs> I honestly do. Your artwork everywhere. It's really cool. Plain walls. Like. I want this room to be like when I step in, it's like I'm stepping into the inside of my brain. Oh, that's a really cool image. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah Is that this what's in your brain? Are we looking into your brain right now? Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. Damn. Yeah. Interesting. But <laughs> this book is called The Secret. The Secret. Okay. Um by Rhonda Byrne. One of my teammates gave it to me. Um and I think people, if people were to read it, they find a lot of things out about themselves. And just, some things in there, it's like it's not all good, like anything, but um, yeah, I think it's a good book. Oh, this is great. You guys should each tell a book that's a good book that people should read. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me try to get mine. I have been reading psychology. I don't think I can give a book to read. Um, I I don't know. Also, while we're waiting for Marion, is there, I'm back. Is there, out of curiosity, what sport do you play? Because you mentioned it a little bit. Oh, I play basketball. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. That's really cool. Thank you. Yeah, I like it too. Yeah. Imagine having a hand-eye coordination. I can't. But imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Marion, did you have a book? Yeah, I just I got the two books I'm reading right now. The first one, it's a classic. I've read it. It's um The Catcher in the Rye by Salinger. Is that how you say it in English? Salinger. It's all fuzzy, but it's okay. <laughs> it's it's called The Catcher in the Rye by um, J.D. Salinger, and it's really, really cool, and it's really a coming-of-age book. So basically, it's about this boy that got expelled from his um, boarding school, and basically, it's like he starts the three days after the event because he's scared of coming home to his parents, so it's like he's just wandering around New York, and he's just... It's kind of like into the brains of a teenager, just... Mm growing and realizing stuff about his life and all that and yeah it's really cool book what's the second book and the second <laughs> book is beautiful boy this is also very sad it's called beautiful boy and it's a father's journey through his son's addiction mm. and it's from this um new york time um, writer david chap and yeah I, I just started it so i can't tell but i know he it was actually adapted um in a movie with Timothée Chalamet and yeah. Hmm. I, so, always feel like, I always feel like the best pieces of art are the coming of age ones. Yeah, absolutely. Like, there's, a music, <laughs> there's a music album or a movie, like the movie Boyhood, like all time movie. Yeah, it's one of my favorite. It's so amazing. And because I feel like it's just so pure and raw and it's like the most sincere ever anybody can be in those. Mm -hmm. Like those type of movies i think people want to see the the real like we want to see like the struggle and i feel yeah. like a lot of a lot of like hollywood scripts are kind of like um saturated they're not they're obviously they're not real life you know but the one the, there's every now and then there's like a story that you're, like or a movie or anything you're just yeah. oh like that's that's something that a lot of people can relate to yeah especially independent movies i think yeah yeah, I have a I have a question about um, watching the news because a lot of times it's really negative. How would you recommend people to stay informed in a way that isn't kind of like our generation? We don't really watch cable news anymore. Like that's kind of like our parents and grandparents' generation that still do that. But how do you guys intake media, news media, and 
um, if, if you have any idea, how would you like to see it change? I personally don't like watching the news. I think it just, it's too much negativity all at once for me sometimes, mm -hmm. but I prefer reading the news. Like I'll, I'll do it. I'll check the news whenever I get updates and all of that. So I think I prefer that. I think with the news, there's always going to be both positive and negative. That's their job. They report everything. I think everyone just has to find a way on how they want to take it. I don't know if that answered any questions <laughs> relevant, but... Yeah. No, I do agree. I think it's up to us to pick what we yeah. want to read and what we want to see. And it's also very, very important to sometimes just stop consuming media because it can be so like draining, mentally speaking. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I think it definitely depends on us, which some kind of can be a positive or negative thing, because then we just choose what we want to see and kind of, like, choose not to be uncomfortable sometimes, or some individuals do choose that. But I feel like it's... I think a big reason why there's so much more in the States than here, but almost everywhere in the world has it at some level, why there's such a big, like, political divide is because now everybody's the way that they receive information is completely characterized towards them so like what you click on like goes into the algorithm and you see more of what you want to see or what you like so then the, the information is just completely like specific towards that person and not specific towards the information you run too much towards like what the person wants so I, I think it's like important for people to like seek out something they might not want to read and just like hear all sides. Like, and I think our generation is that's one thing that like growing up with technology has done for us that's good is we understand that that's the way it is, and so we like are willing to listen to the other side, you know. And, and we don't have to try to change people, but I think the first step towards like a more harmonious society is just listening. Is listening to what people have to say, what they think. Yeah, Try absolutely. Um, sorry, you look like you to say something. <laughs> sorry, I, on the, I was just going to ask, this is a really random question, like nothing related to what you were saying, but what are your dreams and goals? Well, <laughs> well I would say, this is kind of cheating, but I'd say, a, Big goal for me is I want to some moment as much as I can. Um, I found myself looking forward and looking back way too much, and like I don't, I, I struggle, and a lot of people struggle to just appreciate right now, like the exact moment in time that I'm in right now. So, like right now, that's, that's what I'm trying to like focus on. That's one thing I figured out during quarantine is I'm trying to be happy in the moment. When I'm when I'm walking down when I'm walking down Main Mall, I want to appreciate the um, totem poles. I want to appreciate the little wooden block structure, you know. And, and so many times when I'm walking down that, I'm thinking about what class I have to do, what work I have to do, what I'm doing tonight, what I'm doing tomorrow, what I'm doing this weekend, any of that stuff, and. If we live our whole lives like that, then I don't think we'll ever be like completely satisfied with what we have in the moment. Like we're always going to be searching for something better or being frustrated about something or any of those things. So I mean, I mean that's not. It's like a, a goal. It's not really like. I don't know if you guys in high school they taught us about smart goals with like a with like a time and uh, specific like objectives throughout the goal but that like that's my primary like thing that i'm trying to focus on right now and like i want to i want to chase happiness i think people chase like financial success and assume that that means happiness and that doesn't always ring true so i want to find the things that I like and take those things and appreciate them when I have them and continue to look for other things that make me happy. So 
like for example, it just hasn't really been a funny podcast, but I want to like go to stand up comedy shows and, and see if I can get into doing that. I want to like maybe eventually start my own podcast and um, talk to people. Oh, yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I want to I want to meet people and appreciate people and you know. Just try to, it's really hard to try to live in the moment. And I'm by no means good at it. So I'm trying to do. I love that. <laughs> yeah. It's great. If you do make a podcast, please send me the link. I would listen. Cool. Yeah. I'm thinking I want to, like, get, um, maybe some props that I've had on. I, I want to talk to people that have different life experience than me. And I want it to be, like, a collection of knowledge. That would be really cool. That would be so great. Yeah. And, but I'm basically like a quintessential Rogan head. So just looking at the Rogan and think, huh, how could I do that with my way? There's actually there's a podcast that I recommend people listen to called the Duncan Shuffle Family Hour. I've been listening to that lately. Um, yeah, I really like it. He, he brings on um, like Buddhist monks sometimes, or scientists, or just his friends, comedians, or whole range of people. But kind of like uh, not like the classic kind of podcast guest. Like there's a lot of different points of view, an interesting change, especially for like the kind of rest of their life. And now that people have a little more time on their hands. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm not sponsored by him, obviously. <laughs> well, I mean, there's always time for that in the future, right? Right. Maybe. Yeah. Um, on that note, I think one last question I have for you is: Do you have any advice for people during this time? Um. It's a very broad question. Yeah. Try to eat enough vegetables. <laughs> uh, it's really easy to get into poor dietary habits. Um, you know, those cucumbers are like a dollar fifty. They're tasty. Um, try to have good healthy habits. Yeah. Healthiness is happiness. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you for coming again. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Bye, everyone. Oh, we're not going to. Okay, bye. Wait, wait, wait. Wait. We're good. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. This is Rashika Salvakumar and my fellow connector, Marion Rogers, signing off. See you on the next episode.